Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Great to have back with us, the great Reuben Frank, Philadelphia. Rube, how you been? Hey, what's going on? All right, so, uh, you know, the two and three, the Eagles are at this point. Uh, so what have you liked so far where you're saying, all right, I'm seeing building blocks? Yeah, well, most of those are on the offense. They've got some some really exciting young players. Um, obviously, Jalen Hurts has been a little inconsistent, but uh, done a lot of really good things. 23-year-old kid who's made nine career starts and uh, kind of trending upwards. Uh, Devontae Smith looks like a stud in his first five games. Yeah. Uh, coming off, you know, 200 yards in his last two games. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, young running back who, who looks terrific. Late-round, fifth-round pick who's playing a lot and being very productive uh, so there's there's a lot of a lot of things to like on the offense um, and and the defense um, has been up and down but uh, there, there's some signs of life there too they've held three out of the five opponents to what under 18 points so that's that's not bad and the other two teams are Pat Mahomes and Dak Prescott who been uh, putting up kind of historic numbers so far so um, they haven't been awful they haven't been consistent really in any phase uh, and, and that's the one thing that you know they, they need to work on in this next stretch. But um, there's definitely signs of life on both sides of the ball. All right, uh, Nick Sirianni obviously is in his first year as a head coach. Just moving down five feet from where the coordinator was to being the head coach can be a different feel. So how do you feel about his play calling to this point and then also the management of being the CEO to this point? Yeah, well, I would have very different answers for those two, those two questions. I thought, no, I, I thought you might. Yes. Yeah, he's been he's been terrific as far as getting guys to buy in, getting them to play hard. Um, he he's a, a terrific motivator. Um, guys like him; they believe in him. Um, but the play calling's been been really poor and and inconsistent, and he's had trouble finding a rhythm to the offense uh, really for most of the season. Uh, they've struggled in the red zone. They've struggled on third down. They haven't run the ball. Uh, he gets away from the run too quickly week in, week in and week out. Um, so the play calling has been about uh, a D minus. I would say from Monday to Saturday, he's you know he's done a really good job as a head coach, but his game day, you know, something he's never done. It's not an easy thing to do. And uh, you know, we, we've seen that before from pretty good play callers. It takes them a while to pick up. See, you have a real flair for it, for for using all the weapons, getting the quarterback in a rhythm, uh, keeping the defense off balance, uh, being unpredictable, being creative, uh, being unscoutable. The lot goes into it, and, and he's still a work in progress when it comes to that. You know, it's interesting. Um... And this is now this is a college level question, so your answer in the NFL may be different. But I know Jack Ham and I have always felt that if you had a quarterback that could move, it really changed. I mean, can legitimately run. It really changed how a team had to play red zone defense. Is that the same in your opinion in the NFL? And if so, is Sirianni not taking advantage of Hertz' threat in the red zone? No, I think it is true. It's a great question. I think, you know, you look at the Panthers game and, and Jalen had uh, two rushing touchdowns in the second half in the red zone. And 
um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's very, very difficult uh, to defend a a mobile quarterback in the red zone, and you know, it's it, it's a it's a real wild card. Um, I think their issues have been when you know he's been in the pocket in the red zone, and you know they they just haven't made plays. But when he gets out of the pocket, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a real challenge, and you know, and they'll and they'll get there. And I I think um, you know Jalen is also still learning when to run, you know, when not to run, when to I think the next big thing for him is throwing on the move. Like you can be such a weapon as a as a running quarterback when you don't run, when you you know, you're you're still behind the line of scrimmage and, and defenders start coming up because they think you're gonna run, you're rolling out, there's there's open space. But you know what? When those defenders come up, there's somebody open down the field and, you know, you would take that that 22, 25 yard completion over a, a six yard run any time. So I think that's the next step for him. But uh, he he certainly and and the best thing about it, you know, you never see him take a big hit. I mean, you watch Lamar Jackson. I don't know how that guy. I mean, incredible talent. I don't know how he survives. Every time he runs, he's looking for a linebacker out there. Yeah, um, Hurst has been really smart. I and mean, we haven't seen him take a big hit when he does run. He he gets what he can and and ducks out of bounds and, and for for safety and. Uh, live, live to see another day. You know who's really good at that's Kyler Murray. Yeah, Kyler Murray. You know, and I think part of it's the baseball experience. I mean, the baseball experience. Same thing with Russell Wilson, at least until his latest. But like, because they know how to slide or get out of bounds because they're because they're baseball players in the coast of their lifetime. I think that makes a big difference. It's one of those subtle, small things, but it's to their advantage. It's amazing to me how many. How many quarterbacks played uh, pro baseball, were drafted, played high-level college baseball? I'll never forget talking to Rodney Pete in the Superdome after the Rodney Pete and the Eagles beat the Saints. And we were standing in the tunnel just kind of talking after the game. And he said, you know, we, we I, I played my final college baseball game in this stadium. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you never think of those things. But so many, yeah, so many quarterbacks were, uh, I guess, you know, they, the, the skill set's different, but maybe the mental, what goes into it mentally, there's there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, and, part, and one of it is it's a subtle thing. Those guys, quote, know how to slide. And yeah. they're used to, boom, getting themselves into a slide and avoiding contact when they do it. So is Hertz doing a better job of keeping his head up looking for a pass play just because now he's had nine games and so forth under his belt? Is he doing a better job of that? Yeah, there's no question. And, you know, he's he's still looking to throw first, and um, yes. that's important. And yeah, sometimes... Sometimes he probably should take off and run when, uh, you know, when it's not there. But he he wants to be a pocket quarterback. He knows that, you know, to to really be a success. You know, listen, we had we had Randall here, who was one of the greatest running quarterbacks I've ever seen, and Donovan, mm-hmm. who was not too far behind him, and they both had their greatest success as players once they stopped running and really kind of grew into the passing offense. And I think that's. The ultimate development for you know for a running quarterback, you still have that ability and that weapon in your back pocket, but you kind of evolve into a really dangerous. I mean, when Randall won the MVP for for Billick with the Vikings, he only ran like something like 18 times that whole year. He just wasn't that guy anymore. So um, I think that's the next step, and I th- I think Hertz is getting there. So I want to ask you about Devontae Smith. It's one thing to see a guy on TV where he just looked as a receiver unstoppable and another to see him in person. 
Seeing him in person, what impresses you, Rube? I think the two things, one that doesn't surprise me and one that has, um, he's just so smooth. And, you know, there's there's no wasted motion, no wasted energy, and he just kind of he kind of floats and glides down the field. And it's almost deceptive because he doesn't look like he's even moving that fast, but he's fast. And he's just effortless, um, very, just a very smooth player. Uh, but I think the most surprising thing about him is how tough he is. I had no idea. You know, he's a skinny guy. Um, he's not the biggest guy, but um, he'll mix it up. I mean, he'll he'll put his head down and and fight, and and he'll he'll scrap for the ball on a jump ball. And um, he, he's a tough kid. He'll block. He's a willing blocker. I think that's the one thing that surprised me the most about him. He's not one of these, you know, pretty wide receivers that doesn't want to get physical. I mean, he's a physical player. Yeah, that's impressive. Now, the defensive side of the ball, every, you know, obviously there's always such a concentration, especially with Jalen Hurts on the offense. Subtly on defense, what have they done, and what do you think they and, – and, and how well have they played to this point that makes you think they have a chance against how Tom Brady and the Buccaneers want to attack it? Well, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how much of a chance they really have. Uh, right. It's interesting. They haven't allowed between 18 and 34 points all year. So everything's been – they've had three really, really good games where they shut down the Falcons and the 49ers and the Panthers. And then, you know, they got lit up by the, the Cowboys and the Chiefs. So there hasn't been any in between. And that's a little bit scary because, you know, Brady comes in at 44 years old playing you – know, literally playing as well as he ever has, which is, which is crazy. Um, their only chance, and it's what they did on Sunday in in Charlotte. They they had three takeaways and three sacks. And if you know if the D line plays the way it did, and they really pressured Sam Darnold, and they got you know they got to him, they they got sacks, they got hurries, they got hits on them, uh, and, and they got takeaways. Um, you're not going to do that against Brady. Uh, but I mean that's you know th- this defense was built on an elite defensive line, and they've underperformed. Uh, at least they did the first four games until Sunday, and then Sunday they kind of earned their keep, and you saw what happened. They by the second half they really uh, took control of the line of scrimmage and dominated that game. I think they held held the Panthers to three points in the in the second half. All right, so when they get into this one, obviously against Tampa, how important will it be early for the Eagles to get a lead and to see if they can play with that lead? Well, I mean, normally that's the case, but they, you know they don't run the ball, so I know. I, I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know. I mean, Tampa is just. I mean, they're so good on defense, and you know that's the thing. You think of Brady, but then you have this you know, top five defense, and, and, and they got yeah. the greatest quarterback in history. So on a short week where you know they didn't get back to Philadelphia until Sunday night, and. Yeah. You know, they had a walk through Monday and a walk through Tuesday, and that's their practice week. So you're not really, you know, you don't really have the opportunity to install a whole bunch of new stuff for Brady. So uh, it, it's a tricky game. And, uh, you know, honestly, you just have to kind of, um, you know, hope that uh, he has an uncharacteristic day and that you can be really efficient on offense and, you know, try to try to get into a shootout and, and, and come out ahead. It doesn't hurt that it's at home. Um, Brady's maybe not the most popular guy in South Philadelphia, uh, so we'll see how that goes. But, um, you know, they're going to have to play close to a perfect game on both sides of the ball uh, to be in this one. Ruba, I hope you don't mind me asking this, but uh, 
any thoughts on Gruden? Just you know, after seeing everything like all the rest of us have. Well, you know, I covered Gruden when he was offensive coordinator under Ray Rhodes from '95 to '97. Um, I mean, all I can say is I, I never, um, you know, there, there was never any issues on the record, off the record. Um, I never knew him that well. He was very elusive with the media, and he still is. I mean, he comes you know, on TV, he's got the big smile and everything, but uh, you try to interview him, and, you know, he he goes down the other hallway. He'll disappear <laughs> so fast. Um, but, you know, I never heard anything from any players. Uh, obviously, he was working under, you know, Ray Rhodes, African-American head coach, um, the defensive coordinator was uh, Emma Thomas, African American. Rodney Pete was the quarterback. Uh, Rodney and Randall there for for the first year, um, who were both black. So um, I never heard anything. I never heard any. Obviously, you know, considering what what they found, I mean, I, it's the right thing. Uh, he, he, you can't coach after that stuff comes out, and and he shouldn't. But uh, my experiences. Uh, were limited with him for for those three years, but you know never um, never heard or or saw anything uh, inappropriate or offensive. Right, Rube. Thank you so much. I appreciate it and appreciate you answering the last question as well. Thank you for your time and your analysis. So it's always terrific. You got it. Anytime.